Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We are in Charlotte for All-Star Weekend. We were trying to wait for Nick Friedel to arrive, but he's having luggage issues. And I just can't wait any longer, to be honest with you, Andrew. Be a mirror. Oh, Nick, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> Nick, I never knew you were Asian. That's amazing. Um, that's Andrew Hahn. We have Dave McMenamin, who um, just flew in from Los Angeles. Flight was on time. Mm-hmm. Made it, as I'm here. promised, as usual. And we have Tim Bontemps, who came in from Boston. Dave, you've been on a long road trip. Yeah, I've been on the road. So they had a Warriors road game, came back for Super Bowl Sunday, then went on the road for a four-game trip. It was 11 days, one day back in L.A., and now embarking on 13 more days on the road. Like, the Lakers don't get to play at home this month barely at all. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bad time. The schedule just gets tougher and tougher for them, and obviously they're trying to integrate new pieces. LeBron's trying to get back into shape. They're trying to deal with outside noise. Uh, They're kind of hanging by a thread right now. How much do you think LeBron weighs right now? More than I've seen him weigh in a while. Tim, how much do you think LeBron weighs right now? That was a question I did not expect to get asked on the podcast. I have no idea. I'm going to set a line. Over under (coughs) 275. I, I honestly I don't I don't see him enough I couldn't even guess he looked Tim's a little big, he looks bigger than I've seen him but that I sounds like know. an over from Tim I, I don't know I, I mean don't. like it's not, I'm not saying like he's he's just he got injured midway through the season mm-hmm. he couldn't do his normal workouts normally he's um, able to build into like great shape and you know how he likes Dave he likes to sort of build throughout the season he has like a methodology mm-hmm. and you can just see it and if you go back and like look he like is one player of the month in March like for the last five years because he just starts going right and he's just off so the word on the street is that LeBron's 280 right now <laughs> wow um, that's more than I would expect but I, it, I mean it, he carries it it jives well, right you know it was just like Scottie Pippen has criticized him for a lot of things, right? Um, he criticized him today for Better mildly not f- finishing. But you know, the other night in in Atlanta, by the way, people really ripped the Lakers for that loss, and it's disappointing, for sure. But has anybody watched Atlanta for the last month? They're not. They're a good team. They're Did you watch team. Atlanta today? No, I didn't. They lost to the Knicks. Yeah, went one since the beginning. I, I know, of January. but <laughs> I'm just saying, like. Uh, if you watched Atlanta, by the way, there was nobody at that game, man. I saw some crowd shots. Brian, I will say that amongst our NBA insiders and editorial staff, there are a lot of people hot on the Hawks' future. So there's that. Well, I'm hot on the Hawks' future, too. But if the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, they can't be losing games to the Hawks. That's well, they, they, that. they LeBron played 43 minutes the other day. Yeah. He played 43 minutes in that game? 43 minutes. He had a triple-double. He didn't shoot the ball real well. Like, he's not in his normal condition. He'll get there. I have no doubt about that. But, like, it's I don't think it's fair to really judge him at all right now on, like, no, but to his normal standard. Who's going to step up in the void while he's trying to get back well, into shape? I mean, and you don't what's he supposed it. to do? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not putting it on him. I'm saying there needs to be 
someone in that locker room that if Rondo has been perhaps more vocal than LeBron has and more effective in getting through those guys than LeBron has this season. So maybe he has to delineate how this is going to go over these next couple of weeks while LeBron's trying to get back into shape. Because if it doesn't happen, they're going to keep having efforts like this. And offensive is an easy thing to talk about, but defensively is the bigger problem. And if LeBron is playing 43 minutes, you're not going to be a good defensive team because you have a liability out there on the court at all times. Well, and I know I was at a, I was at another game. I was at Celtic Sixers, but I noticed Ronald didn't start. Which I thought was yeah. Which I thought was interesting. So it's, like, it's think, hard. It's hard for him to be like stepping up like that if he's. Not I, even yeah, starting, so probably right? two. Uh, I mean, he's still getting minutes, and he's still a clear part of the team in terms of like they're going to sure. listen to him whether he's come off the bench or not. Sure. But I, I guess the thinking on that is is you start Bullock, you get him going immediately, get him feel confident, and then when Ball is healthy. Bullock goes to the bench, and you tend to have Rondo off the bench anyway when, right. when Ball's healthy. So, is is there any update on Ball? No, I mean, <laughs> All right. he's that he hasn't easy. traveled with the team yet. He's rehabbing. As far as I know, he has not. Bad ankle sprain. Yeah, has not progressed to any basketball activity. Um, that Rockets game now is like a month ago, close to a month ago. Yeah, I think they're coming out of the break will be it. Yeah, like, I think it's three weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be like a month coming out of the break and. I think six weeks was original. Six to eight four. weeks was the original timeline. They said, "Is that right?" Yeah, about right. I think they said four to six. Four to six. Yeah. So I guess we're in range. I mean, Luke kind of offhandedly said, "You know, we'll have Lonzo back after the break," but he wasn't saying like, "We'll, we'll right. have him back the first game." Right, 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 <laughs> we'll have him back right. sometime at this. So day. today I spent all day long um, interviewing rising stars and three-point shooting uh, guys here in Charlotte. Uh, most of the guys arrived today. There's a few guys who are arriving. Tomorrow, because um, there's still some games. Yes. Is a re- you're not going to talk about that, are you? Is that the interview part? Let's mm-hmm. not let's not talk about that because that'll be that'll be on the other one. So. Well, just hold on a second. All right. Okay. Anyway, I talked to I talked to <laughs> anything f- for you, B. <laughs> I talked to four different I, I talked to four different Sacramento Kings today. Okay. Who did I talk to, Andrew? Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley. Uh, Boogie Bogdanovich. Yep. And, and uh, who's the De'Aaron one? Fox. There we go. The Kings are like super duper excited. Because of Harrison Barnes. Well, I don't know about that. Bogie was uh, diplomatic about his <laughs> potential role change. He said, well, I'm, I'm, Andrew doesn't want me to talk about this. Okay. <clears throat> That's for later. So, um, but the Kings are like, the, for the first time in like a really long time, for some of them, their first time, well, all of them, their first time in their careers. Right. Like they're playing like meaningful games after the All Star break. Mm-hmm. They have a tough schedule. Like coming out of the break, their schedule is. I think they got three or four really tough games. Yeah, maybe right after the break, but then backloaded. They get they have like some Knicks and Bulls, and or I guess probably one Knicks, one Bulls, maybe a Cavs game. I think they have some easy, super winnable games in there. They're like super duper excited, like, and they are a long time without the playoffs, Sacramento. Young and long hungry. time. Well, they just have to do the thing that young teams tend to do. Right? Avoid the thing that young teams tend to do, which is blow easy games. Right. Right. That's so, it. like, they were all, like, really down about they lost in Denver last night on a tip-in. They were, like, they were like going over what happened there. Um, they were like, he had, a, Jokic had an advantage because he knew where he was going to miss it. 
he knew where the ball was going to come off the rim. We didn't know. Like, they had, like, it all broken down. But, like, they're at the point where, like, a, a loss, like, is really meaningful. So, like, it's – I don't know how they're going to play down the stretch. But they're not talking about the Lakers. They're talking about, like, <laughs> we're going after the Spurs at seven. You know? So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that'll be – you know, and, and De'Aaron was oh, – I'm not allowed to say what he said. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, what is that to say it now I mean he was like we've got one of the best home courts in the league and I was like oh really but like they feel like they're you know it's not spoken like someone who hasn't spent that much time in the NBA that's true but But, hey man I'm just saying Kings fans are good fans great fans but their old gym was much more conducive to having a home court environment than their new expansive arena for sure so I don't know we'll see Um, I'm still I still say the Lakers make it I'm betting on LeBron. I'm betting he gets back into shape. I'm betting that he helps the Lakers win, go on like a six like a six game win streak. And that changes the conversation. He needs to turn the page mentally, though. Uh, you know, I've spoken to people close to him that say that right now physically he's been cleared and so clearly cleared <laughs> uh, to be repetitive. But that's not an issue so much as the mental side of things. And right. you know, he got a lob thrown to him the other night by Brandon Ingram in Philadelphia it looked almost uncatchable he ended up catching it usually an uncatchable ball he catches it and still throws it down but he caught on one side of the rim on the right side finished on the left side with the layup and asked him about it he said well actually it was a really good test for me um, just even catching it Get, still getting over hurdles like that and then he needs to be engaged I mean his numbers were great against Atlanta but we all know what an engaged LeBron looks like versus a guy who is somewhere else mentally Dave, tell us about this story that you got posted. So the day before the Lakers played the Sixers, LeBron, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Rajon Rondo, Randy Mims, and Rich Paul go down to Charlottesville, Virginia to take in Duke versus Virginia Cavaliers, the number two team in the country versus the number four team in the country. Uh, you know, got a private jet. LeBron told me the flight was about 35 it minutes. It was a G4. Good detail. Now... G four is nice, Dave. I mean, like you've been on one, no, but I know. Okay. <laughs> Brian, saying, Brian knows planes, and I'm just saying that, like, normally on a short flight like that, you wouldn't necessarily have to go with the G four, but LeBron <laughs> elected to go with the G four. Yes. Well, a he also elected to go with a fanny pack for the game. <laughs> <laughs> so. How many how many fanny packs are coming off G fours on an average day in Charlottesville? <laughs> That's right. And so they got tickets through, uh, you know, Virginia um, contact. They're they're there, and I've, obviously it's Zion Williamson. As much as Duke being a number two team in the country, or Virginia being you know this this great program under Tony Bennett, Zion Williamson, LeBron going to see him the same way Shaq went to see LeBron play in high school, Allen Iverson went to see LeBron play in high school, and the kind of twist here is that uh, you know both sports pundits said it, fans on Twitter, social media, etc., said that you know this is obviously a recruiting trip by LeBron James. Um, and LeBron took exception to it um, quite vociferously. One pushing against the idea that he was recruiting, saying, I didn't even talk to him. I had no contact with Zion whatsoever. Two, saying, when you say stuff like that, it's a direct attack at Rich Paul. Um, and saying that the only reason Rich Paul is getting these types of critiques hurled at him on a constant basis is because of his ascension in the sport he's become a threat to everyone else and he is a threat not only by his unconventional background but because as a young African American male 
many of his competitors who are agents can't relate to potential clients the way he can. And that's why he feels like there is a constant uh, you know, stream of this kind of negativity over the operation of clutch sports in LeBron. So what, he, what you also said, I'm just taking from your story, um, was that Rich, you quoted Rich in the story I did as well? Quote Rich. Uh, and by the way, like I just want to point out, like as someone who's had to write a lot of stories with sources, because it's just the nature of the beast, when you can get somebody on the record, they put their name to it, it means that you, they're really passionate about it and mm-hmm. they don't really care what the fallout might be. And um, so you got Rich on the record too. And one of the things that Rich said, I think Rich said this, maybe LeBron said it, but I think Rich said it, was that, look, nobody you know, flipped out when like Michael Jordan would play cards and help recruit Patrick Ewing for his, his agent, David mm-hmm. Falk. Right. You know, when Tracy McGrady, when Tracy McGrady came into the league and Kobe Bryant befriended him, which we just saw Rachel Nichols <laughs> yes. do an interview talking about their years hanging yep. out together. Yep. That nobody was like, oh my God, Kobe Bryant is recruiting for his agent, Arntel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could literally go on for hours. Like, it is basic, it is standard operating procedure. Right. Kyrie Irving didn't recruit Jason Tatum for Jeff Wexler. Right. You know, like people aren't Duke. saying that, right? Right, right, right. Sure. Like, nobody is saying, oh my God, Kyrie Irving. Right. So, like, you may not like how Rich Paul handles business. You may not like what he did with Anthony Davis. And, and certainly, I think, I don't know if Rich would admit this now, but I think in time Rich will admit that this did not play out the way he thought. You can criticize... Um, his tactics, but even if it was a recruiting mission, by the way, was not Jay Z at that game as well? Yep. Yeah. Does not Jay Z own a representation sure. agency? Rock Nation. Is that is? I mean, you know, like let's just be let's just be real here. Right. I mean, Tim, what do you think about this? I, I think I certainly get where Rich and LeBron are coming from. I mean, Dave talked about this the other day, so like I get where they're coming from. At the same time, I think if you're in the position they're in and you guys are like lifelong friends and you start a you know business together where you have a player in LeBron who's like basically the face of a agency which is something we haven't had in the league before and you have LeBron in LA which only adds to this now because you have people you know thinking that you know the league is trying to steer guys from places like New Orleans to Los Angeles which like only breed you know breeds more insecurity and panic from these small market teams that all these players are going to lead these teams and like they have no chance to win. I mean, I've, I'm sure you guys have heard the same things the last couple of weeks. I heard from a lot of people from work for small market teams saying, oh man, how are we going to win? How are we going to compete anymore? You know, all these guys just want to go play in big cities. The Knicks will be okay. The, the Knicks will be okay. Uh, so I, I think, I, obviously some of this just is born out of jealousy that people like look at it and are frustrated. But I, I think also like, you know, to say that Rich is like David Falk with Michael Jordan, I think is... Also, you know, I get false that. parallel. Yeah, I mean, it's like Rich Paul and LeBron have a very unique and special relationship, which is a pretty cool thing. And it's like it's neat to see what they've done, but at the same time, it's like I don't think we can say that this is a normal player agent relationship. Well, either. the argument is that LeBron, you know, quote unquote, owns part of Clutch Sports, right? And I agree that the arrangement is unusual. Now, the NBA has done an investigation and determined that he doesn't own it, but. I don't know what that investigation is. Sure. I, I have a question here because the NBA, like all 
major sports is a copycat league. LeBron is the de facto best player in the game today, possibly the best player of all time. There are other players that are incredibly gifted, best players in the league, best players at their respective positions, whatever it is. I'm sure they also have highly intelligent, capable friends in their inner circle as well. Why has no one else tried to emulate this model? Well, one, I would say this is still a relatively new model. I mean, Rich started representing LeBron in 2012. We're talking about only in the last couple of years did he start to acquire high-profile clients and outside of LeBron and you know and Ben Simmons and John Wall and, and Anthony Davis and so perhaps like you know this is is the tip of the iceberg and we'll see and Tim when you said it's not the normal situation well yeah of course it's completely different right and I think their positioning is that because it's different it is getting criticism because people recognize that the power structure that's been in place for so long in the sport of basketball, particularly in the NBA, they're challenging it. And people are bucking against it, not because these guys are doing anything wrong, but because they're realizing, like, if if the paradigm changes, we're going to be behind the eight ball. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I just think if you're in the position they're in, you you probably just have to live with it. And by the way, Clutch Sports signed a new client today. Who was that? Uh, Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. Which is a really good, he's going to be probably a top 10 pick. Who um, basically was too injured to compete, so he withdrew from Vanderbilt and he signed with Clutch today. Interesting. I mean. Yeah, he's probably the best point guard prospect in the draft. Probably a top 10 pick. You know, so. Better than Morant? Oh, no. Okay. Second behind him. Okay. I wasn't thinking about him. Okay. Yeah. But he's, he's a top 10. He's a top yeah. 10 pick for sure. I don't know that much about him. I don't know much about him. Andrew doesn't like college basketball. He doesn't like what I talk about. It too. I'll, I'll wait until they get to the pros. <laughs> I just I just know he's a, he's going to be a lottery pick. Like that, that was a, I mean, I think we texted about it earlier. That's a, that was a good signing for okay. for those guys. You were saying, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, meanwhile, Rich Paul was actually in New Orleans tonight. And uh, Anthony Davis hurt his shoulder. Um, and Rich left with Anthony mid-game. To go get an MRI, which uh, revealed uh, muscle contusion. He's questionable for All-Star Weekend. Maybe we'll have more information by the time this podcast comes out. Um, Alvin Gentry had a... They had, by the way, they had a great win. They beat Oklahoma City tonight. Oh, good one. Oklahoma City had won 9 out of 10 without Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, I think, scored two points. Played the first half. Left Didn't, during the first half. Supposedly, I saw on Twitter, left before the game ended. No, he definitely left. To get an MRI. Literally what Brian just said. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, what are we doing here, guys? I mean, like... Waiting for Fredo. That's true. But, I mean, what are we... like? um, Gentry was like, this is a dumpster fire. He said, this has been a dumpster fire. Yep. That was his quote. Amazing quote. He said, I have no idea... Whether Anthony left the arena, nobody told me, which he did. He's just going to talk about the guys that played, that finished the game. Alvin Gentry, one of the nicest guys in the league, literally stormed off from his media interview, which I don't think is I could no, never imagine he, that was going to happen. He complained about the officiating last year. Was it earlier this year or last year? And he got fined. He, he had like an outburst. Now, um, uh, to play devil's advocate, the Pelicans could have avoided press conferences like that, situations like that, leading up to February 7th. By trading him. Yes. Yeah, but you can't make a bad trade just to make safe PR. Well, not this isn't this is more than PR though, wouldn't you say? This is 
Well, they're this pro- is affecting they were, the culture of the team, obviously. Yeah, the but they were, but they were I mean, screwed I mean, by getting, the way the league was set up, though. Because like, if they could have made a trade with Boston before the 7th, they would have made the trade with Boston. Yeah, but, but yeah, they forget about the trade market. They should just bench him. Well, this, this, you know, this goes back to your story the other day. I mean, right. th- it's just an untenable situation. Right. And, like, and by the way, Anthony Davis bumped his shoulder tonight, was concerned enough about it that he immediately went to get an MRI. Because he's worried about injury. Yep. And um, he's not being himself. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and they're also playing him like weird. They're like weirdly not playing in like, the fourth quarter. I mean, so the whole thing is a mess. He's playing against Stephen Adams tonight. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Stephen Adams can do some damage. Yeah, it's a mountain of a man. So I don't know. Like, is he going in to play Stephen Adams the same way he always does? So he's how could he be invested the same way he always has been? How right. could he be? Right, the whole I, thing's a the whole thing's a dumpster. I, would not I mean, Alvin said it perfectly. The whole thing's a dumpster fire. Right. So, like, the egg has the uh, the league has egg on its face because basically they got caught not playing it while the they rules got trying. The same. They got caught trying to make him play. Which, you know, like let's just be honest. In life, not not everybody plays by the same rules. There's different rules for different people. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the league kind of looked bad. You're the double tree. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, yes, I am. Um, <laughs> we gotta cut that because we don't want people to know what he's saying. Sorry. <laughs> um, yes. Um, it just it. There's no winner. No, there's no winners at all. And except um, for the Pelicans' lottery odds, they're going to keep going up. Which is going to lead to the Pelicans winning the lottery, which is just the that inevitable outcome. That would be amazing. Just has to happen. Yeah, um, the league. Yes, Andrew. I was just going to say this all makes sense if come July, the Celtics trade for Anthony Davis and New Orleans gets everything that they wanted. Then sure, it was all worth it. But if they don't do the deal with Boston, or they get a, a package. That is not everything they wanted. This looks terrible. Correct. Speaking of packages that give you everything you want. Are we doing an ad read? No, we're not. Oh. <laughs> you know, this kind of got lost in the Anthony Davis situation, but I've been thinking. I've been thinking we're going all over it the place. It is Valentine's Day. I've been thinking Brian. about this. You're right. Not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, it was hard to get a dinner reservation tonight. Oh. In Charlotte. Because, you know. You, you know some people here. I do. Oh, wait a second. Before you continue, Brian, uh, we have to pause for commercials on some platforms. So while we do that, can you tell us about that dinner reservation that you ended up getting? And he left with a three-quarter bottle full of wine. What? <laughs> we're back. We're back. So uh, wait, let's get back to pa- can we get back to packages, please? Yeah. <laughs> Nick Friedel just arrived from the airport. He flew in from Portland. And Tim Bontemps, what happened when he walked in the room? Uh, T and Dave McMenamin had a big exchange because they're wearing the exact same Syracuse outfits. Exact same. Not outfits. Whatever. Please. Shirts. Oh, As we should be. I I know. <laughs> I speak for my man McTen and I. By saying that we wear these with pride, and everywhere you go with this thing, no matter where you are in the country, somebody says something. It is true. Everywhere I go. It's a great, 
This is college hoops talk. We're not. It's a great traveling <laughs> garment, also. That's just, <laughs> it's, it's just university pride. College disguised talk. from the world. It's good for traveling. So I was, I was thinking about this, and I don't think this has been fairly discussed. When a when, the, when a team trades a star player, what do they always? Three things they always want. What do they want? Cap relief, draft picks, and young players. What did the New York Knicks get when they traded Chris Evans Porzingis? Cap relief, draft picks, and young they players. They got all three. It's a pretty good trade. I I don't feel like because we were in the trade deadline, because we were all focused on Anthony Davis, a lot of people in New York were upset that Porzingis got traded. I thought it was a pretty damn good trade. No argument for me. Regardless of what happens in July? Well, yeah. I, I'm with I'm with you. No argument for they, me. They they I don't, they were no one wears a jersey that says cap space on it. No one wears a jersey that says draft pick on it. People loved Porzingis in New York. They wear a jersey that says Dennis Smith Jr. on it though. Come on. If you miss out in July, I don't like that deal. They got exactly they got an awful lot for a guy who is seven three who's had a bunch of leg injuries and has a blown out knee right now. I was just about to say maybe this is the nicest thing they could have done for Przingis. Let him leave town before they turn him into a villain. Well, so that sounds like a re-endorsement for Kevin Durant to go join the Knicks organization. <laughs> well, look, well, look, but see, here's the thing. If they don't get a free agent this summer, because of this trade, they don't. it's no big deal. They, they've They've set themselves up. Well, for let, now wait a second. Wait a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in between. If they go this summer and they spend like all their money on like Mozgov, Biombo, Dang type contracts, whatever name the terrible contracts 2016, Joakim Noah like they did then. Yeah, then it's gonna be bad. You know, if they like prudently spend their money, if they don't get stars, it's one thing. If they just blow it on terrible players, they're gonna be. It's going I'm to be telling a disaster. You, I've let this marinate for two weeks. They had a star in a cap control situation. Contracts. I've let this marinate for two weeks. I think it was a great trade. I, I forgot his cap control. I'm back with Dave again. <laughs> Talk to me in July. I mean, they, they, they get the guys they're after. Of course, I'm 100% behind the deal. It's, it's similar to the Lakers, the deal they had with Cleveland last year where they gave their bad contracts to the Cavs in order to get space to sign LeBron. It's amazing. But... Until I see Kevin Durant wearing number 35 in purple and, and orange, or purple, in blue and orange, I can't get behind it. Does anybody in this room right now believe that the Knicks know something already? I think, the Knicks know, I think the Knicks know what we know, which is that it seems likely that Kevin Durant's going to play for the Knicks, and that Kevin Durant's people are going around saying Kevin Durant's going to play for the Knicks. I but don't know about that. Kevin Durant changes his mind. He's going to well, that was what I was going to say. I don't think... Anybody, anybody saying right now they know exactly what's going to happen July first, I think, is deluding themselves. Yeah, let the record show. I've been around Kevin every day for four months, and I do not believe that he has made any kind of decision in this moment. Even if he has made up his mind, I don't believe that that mind is permanently made up. No, based I on agree. the way he. I mean, he could grow up between now and July first. You know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you just grow up as you get older. You grow up day by day, month by month. Shots fired. All right, let's get back to the trade for a second. Let's let's go back to that because I, I think there's two. To me, it's two arguments. We'll let that we'll let that marinate for a second. I think there's two arguments. The one is on the trade itself. I think on the merits, the Knicks got a hell of a lot for a guy who has a blown out knee. They gave up a ton of bad money. They got three picks. They got Dennis Smith. They got a ton of stuff. So like, I think in, from that in a vacuum, I think the trade is good. To your, to your guys' point, 
if this summer they get Kevin Durant and Kyrie or whoever, right? Then it's like grand home slam, run. home Amazing. run, whatever. If they don't, then it's all right. Well, what do they do with the money? Like if they spend it stupidly, people in New York aren't going to care. They're going to go. This was the dumbest trade of all time. And if they do what the Clippers did, say, or some of these other teams, where they kind of like, you know, use it to get some assets, maybe trade for guys, whatever. Like there's ways that it can not be. It can work out okay if they don't get those guys. But you you sound like someone who has no belief that. Kristaps Porzingis will be a perennial top 10 player in this league. I don't know for sure what he's going to be. I mean, to me, the most interesting part about that trade was the Knicks clearly were like, Kristaps is not a max guy because they traded him, right? And like for all their arguments about he doesn't want to be here, if he wanted to be there, and they told me the same thing because I was there right after that trade. Oh, well, you know, he didn't want to be here. I was like, listen, guys, if if, if, Kristaps, if you thought Kristaps was a max player, you would have signed him. There is the key. Right. And they didn't. And they didn't. And that, to me, the most fascinating part about that trade is they didn't think he was a max player. And the, the Mavs viewed him as like a top 10 player in the league. Because you look at what the Mavs gave up for him. You know, Dennis Smith Jr., good young player. Two, two first-round picks. One completely unprotected. Took on a ton of bad money that nobody wanted. And I had a couple GMs thought it would take three first-round picks to give up those guys. That's a lot. This is one of those situations where it's contextualized by the people involved, right? If it was San Antonio trading Porzingis away to the Knicks, for example, everyone would say, like, oh, the Spurs knew what's up. Like, they know he's not a top 10 player. And the Knicks got duped again. And Dallas, historic or in recent history, has been more analytically advanced. They're more on the cutting edge. And because the Knicks have a a recent history, I guess a longer history, of just being mired in incompetency, right? It looks bad. That's a good point. Well, listen, it might end up being a disaster. I mean, look, like you guys said, I mean, if they go out and sign terrible contracts this summer, then they're like right back where they were before the trade, and they don't have Porzingis. So I'm also trying to speak for the fan. Like, <laughs> come on, because if you're a Knicks fan, long suffering Knicks fan, unless there isn't they, any other kind, right? Unless <laughs> yeah, they button it up me. this I summer, I know many of them in New York. That's that's unless all. Unless they this summer, we can applaud to the heavens till the cows come home. That oh wow, great job, uh, you know, uh, Steve Mills. But guess what? That doesn't satisfy a fan. So come so, on. So speaking of the Knicks in Syracuse. Chris Paul threw, I think it was Chris Paul. I don't want to say for sure, but I think Chris Paul threw a dinner in Dwayne Wade's honor tonight. That would make sense. He's the Carolina guy. Um, it's unfortunate Chris Paul's not taking part in this All-Star game. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if he was healthy the whole year, I don't know. It would have been tough even. He would have had to have played great. He was not playing well enough to be an All-Star before he got hurt. Yeah, so How far away are we from Chris Paul does not become Chris Paul anymore. He just becomes Chris Paul's contract. Oh, we might not be that far away. We're not that far. There are people who were ripping that contract the day it was signed. Yeah, but yeah. Chris Paul is a serious competitor. Let's see how it all plays out. Um, so he threw a big party, I think, for Melo tonight. Uh, uh, for, for Dwayne Wade to celebrate his... Um, <laughs> Melo was there, and Melo gave a speech, and it's on Twitter. And the speech kind of was, was remarkable because... What Mello was saying was, I'm so glad you came back. You told me last summer, he was talking about a dinner that he had with with Dwayne Wade, and he said, you told me last summer you didn't want to play again, and I didn't think that was right. I thought you needed one last time, and you should be cheered by all these fans, one last trip around the league. And it was a really kind of emotional speech. Carmelo was, you can tell in the way he was speaking, that he was just really speaking from the heart. And it made me like, man, Melo's kind of talking about himself there. It was kind of, I mean, it was a beautiful speech. Sure. You can find it on Twitter. Um, Dwayne was sitting in like a throne. Yeah. 
they had like this gold yeah. seat. Um, and I was like, man, that makes me feel bad for Melo. I don't know because I don't know if it's going to happen, guys. He's probably been thinking over the last three months, will it or will it not happen? And he probably, <laughs> as fewer and fewer phone calls came in than he expected, he was like, what is this going to be taken away from me? So perhaps he has the resolve to be like, no, I, I need one more year. I mean, he would be celebrated, for, not to the extent that Dwayne Wade, him being a champion. Uh, but Melo was a very popular player. Absolutely. I, yeah, it's, this is probably blasphemous as a Bonavich guy or two Syracuse guys, but I feel bad for Melo, honestly. Like, he, it wasn't, it was only a year and a half ago that this guy was still a 20 point scoring league and was like a, you know, good player. You know, he wasn't, maybe wasn't like, MVP level mellow, but he was still a good player. And, and a better like, minimum contract, he's a good player. I still believe well, that. Well, regardless, whether you get into that or not, it's just like... In terms the, of value. The way things have like just gone completely south for this guy over the last 18 months to the point where like I don't think he's going to get another contract. I don't think he's going to get a chance to do like get that kind of celebration for a guy who is going to be a Hall of Fame player. And like... like Look, you can say what you want about Carmelo's career in terms of like whether how much he won or what he did, but like I always enjoy my interaction with the guy. I always thought he was a stand-up guy. Like as somebody who's in New York for a long time, like he dealt with everything that comes with being in New York as well as anybody ever has. And it's just a shame that like like you hear him talking like you just played it before. Like you can hear him thinking like, man, it would be nice to have like something like that. Right. And he's just like done. His best you know? teammate. I mean, I'm not going to include OKC because he wasn't who he was. But his best teammate in his prime was a post-prime Chauncey Phillips. And yet he gets judged for not winning. He made the playoffs, I think, the first six or seven years of his career in the Western Conference, which is tough, in Denver. And, you know, we saw guys like, you know, Kevin Love leading the Minnesota Timberwolves by himself for yep. six years doesn't make the playoffs. They had a real shot in you 09, too. Like, he had a competitive group as the best player for a long time and he didn't have you know Chauncey post-prime Chauncey Billups uh, post-prime Marcus Camby Birdman and Dante Jones were and J.R. Smith were his best teammates and he gets to the Western Conference titles with that team that's an accomplishment uh, is, wasn't the knock on him that if he was how do I phrase this delicately uh, a more manageable personality then that no, team I, I, no, I don't think that. I mean, I think the bigger the, the bigger knock on Carmelo is that like he could have had been in the same opt out year with LeBron and Wade, but he wanted to get right. More he money. always got all his money. He always right. got all his he, money. He com- I mean, that's all. If he you want compounded that decision, right? By going by, to the Knicks, by and not just sure he got the money then. Post prime Iris, I'll throw that in there too. Respect to who you know, LeBron James has compared the end of Melo to very, what we've seen at similar. Iverson at the end. Andrew, what's harder than getting around Charlotte during All-Star Weekend? Um, I don't know, Brian. What's harder than that? What's harder than dealing with the 46 construction zones that are in this downtown, which they don't call downtown, they call uptown Charlotte, um, blocking the entire entrance to your hotel so that no Uber driver who's not an expert can, can find his way to the front of your building what's more challenging than that brian is this an ad read or is this a quiz what's going on here um 
what's more challenging than being able to get into places when they can only drop you off three to four blocks away, which I know are for safety, but is not adequately handled by the fine traffic operators in the city? I don't know, Brian. What? Um, hiring qualified candidates. Oh. It takes a long time, too many applicants, and that's why ZipRecruiter makes everything easy. Hiring used to be hard, multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. That's our personal site, Andrew, for all of our fine listeners. ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. Got it. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. At this exclusive web address. Do you know what it is, Andrew? Is it ziprecruiter.com slash collective? Yes. Do you know how to spell collective? Uh, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E. Fred went out there in case they didn't know. ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. There are a lot of questions in this ad read. It's, okay. Wasn't ready for that. Brian, uh, can I can I introduce a new game for tonight? Oh boy, uh, it's getting late. We're gonna call this one "Old Take, New Take." Old Take, <laughs> Mr. Bontemps. Yeah, you had a take before the season started. Okay, would you like to share that now? I, you know, I have lots of takes. I don't know which one we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not one take. I believe you said that the Lakers would not make the playoffs. Uh, I did write a column that said the Lakers will miss the playoffs, yes. And they are currently in 10th place? Yeah. Correct. Two and a half games out. Uh, Mr. McMenamin, you have the floor. Well, that's not... I mean... I was glad. I'm glad I didn't miss this conversation. The whole time in the cab, I'm going, please... We actually talked about the Lakers at the start. We could argue the merits of pursuing a column... Before the season starts, before you know what type of trades are going to happen, before you know what type of injuries are going to happen, to decide whether teams are going to make the playoffs or not. But I'm not going to do that. What I'd like to talk about is a more specific take he's had since then. It's like Kyle Kuzma cannot shoot. Tim Bontemps, you and I, about the eighth row at the TD Garden in the media center, sitting next to one another. Kyle Kuzma... Goes, I think five for eight from three, including more excited about Kyle Kuzma shots, including a huge three to you know that preceded the game winner by Rajon Rondo, but that was necessary in the moment to give the Lakers a chance to win. Look, I mean, elbows in. There's balance when he shoots. A beautiful follow through, gooseneck, and yet you watch that guy play. And you said he can't shoot. I mean, it's egregious. Like, how can we be respected by the people we cover? We say things like, this player cannot shoot. That's like say, that's like someone saying to you, like, you cannot write. Like, come on. I'm never going to listen to anything you say again. Of course you can write. You would not be at this stage of your career if you could not write. Cal Kuzma can shoot. And if you can't admit so that, then man. we need to, like, figure things out. Uh Kyle Kuzma in his last three games is 13 for 27 from three. Yeah. Shot really well. It's pretty good. The prior 12 games before that, he's 24 for 79. Yeah. And for the season, he had a, he bro- he had a hurt hit. What happens when you have a for the season, best thumb finger? You for the type se- every word for right the season, the For the season, the he's shooting 31.9%. So when I said he can't shoot on the podcast, obviously he can't shoot. Markel Fultz can't shoot. Kyle Kuzma can't shoot. <laughs> 
what I was saying on the podcast and what I was trying to say in an offhanded way was that he's not a reliable three point shooter. I he's disagree. not a good three point shooter by the numbers. Yeah, but I mean now. Tobias Harris, who we watch play, mm-hmm. right? Nice At one point in his career, was like a 30% three-point shooter, right. I think, right? Now he's shooting like 44%. So, down the, like, Kyle Kuzma clearly can score. Like, down the road, does he become a three-point shooter who's like a reliable three-point shooter? Sure. I can see that. But, like, right now, I don't he's look at him shooting, and go, that guy's a reliable three-point shooter. He's actually shooting about 5% worse up from three than, he than last year. Which is a bit of a surprise. As you mentioned, Dave, there have been injuries. The team's kind of been a mess with in and out with I mean, point guards. John Rondo's missed 34 games. LeBron's missed 18. Kuzma himself has dealt with injuries. And then this season has been a learning curve, obviously, for everyone who's young in that locker room. But if but, you just watch the mechanics of the shot, you know he can shoot. Okay. Well, you're, you're very hung up on you're very hung up on the phrasing. If, if I said, well, I he, mean, because it's because it's a, just, said, this is dismissive. If I had, it's if a said, dismissive phrasing. If I had said, if I had said he is a streaky and unreliable three point shooter, would you agree with that? Uh, streaky, I would agree with. Okay. Unreliable. I've seen him hit huge shots in several okay. situations. But I mean, like, this, going by the numbers. The numbers is he's an, say he's an unreliable like, three point shooter, I mean, right? That's why, like, come on, like the numbers. But you know what? Don't... But to be honest with you, like that's all. I, that's what I was trying like, to say. Like, I think you guys are both right on both points. Sure. Because at the start of the season, you had no idea that Ingram was going to get suspended, and Ingram was going to get hurt, and Rondo was going to get hurt, and LeBron was going to get hurt, and Lonzo was going to get hurt, and you know they were they were going to be below five hundred at the All Star break. All those circumstances came to bear. However, and that you know, it's why you, it's why saying that you know that their record doesn't represent their true team. But at the same time, wh- when they've played, you can see that they have flaws. Would it sure? Would it be fair it to say? To Kuzma, I think Kuzma is a his shooting is very much like the Lakers. It's a personification of the Lakers team. Which comes to the part, the heart of the two issues that you guys are talking about. There are nights, right, when Kuzma is awesome and carries the team, and his three pointers save them. Just that there are nights when the Lakers look great, like when they win at Golden State, when they win at Oklahoma City, when they win at Boston, and there are other Kuzma nights. Kuzma looks great in all those games. There are other nights when Kuzma can't hit a shot. And the Lakers look terrible, and they lose games that they have no business losing to the Knicks at home and to the Cavs at home. And that's the Lakers. I don't know if they'll change in the last 25 games, 27 games, whatever it is, but I don't think either of you are necessarily wrong. I don't dismiss your thought that the, the Lakers are in a world of trouble making the playoffs. At this do you point, think though, they're going to make the playoffs? At this point, though, do you think right I don't now? know. I, I, if, if guys say healthy, I think they make it because I've seen LeBron James just Carry win. Teams. Yeah, right. Uh, so until I, brutal, until I, yeah, I agree with you. But until I see it not happen, why sure. would I choose against it? Sure. Um, but it's choose, saying they're not going to make the playoffs with 25 games left to go is a lot different than saying it 57 games ago because the evidence we had going into the season did not include all these variables. And so it, it wasn't like your, your column said, hey, if, if Ronald misses half the season, LeBron well, has the worst well, injury okay. of his well, career, that, they're going to miss but, the playoffs. Let me just really say this wanna, again. I don't really want to relitigate that, but, that, but I don't think that's exactly the, fair either. But. I mean, we're just having, honestly, sure. it's, it's just been a fun topic all year. Sure. But in all honesty, like the Lakers, the crux of the Lakers season now is can they get the eighth seed? And get blown out by the Warriors. 
Well, I mean, so I'm saying like that's the argument that the Lakers are having the, now. The, to me, the most interesting thing about that's this not whole ideal. Thing is like before, no, even like, in that piece, I said I thought they'd win 45 to 47 games. Like to me, what's almost more interesting is that like I think the Lakers, like they've had some injuries, but they've largely been kind of what I think we, what at least I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Is that the rest of the West isn't very good. Like Golden State's obviously up here. But like we were at the Denver Philly right, game, right, right. like if they play Denver in the second, in the first round of the playoffs, like they, we were saying, who's going to pick LeBron to lose to the Nuggets? Right. Nobody. It is interesting that uh, the current tenth seed in the West could be the second best team in the West. Like it's totally reasonable yeah. to have that feeling. Yeah. Uh, new take. New take, Mr. Pontemps. <laughs> I hope you're still you're still. Plugged uh, in. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to get attacked by Syracuse guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did not attack. I'm kidding. Andrew just totally stirred the pot. It was a nice <laughs> evening. That's, that's what he lived. Me and Dave for. are good. I've honestly. noticed that uh, <laughs> Mr. Verdell has been tagging you on. Oh, on he's all. Lineup. He's oh, all. He's all wound up. He's all wound up. I want you to know that when the Fantastic Five appeared yeah. on my Twitter screen. <laughs> With a PH. With a PH. By the way, that idea, that was Kurt Goldsberry's idea, by the way. His insistence <laughs> on the PH. And, and I will say this. I will own that I like it. But, uh, <laughs> you, you flip-flopped already on this. No, I, I, never, I never said I didn't. No, like you it. didn't. There was no sort of tongue in cheek. It was implied that you didn't like. He, yeah, he attempted. He attempted publicly to say he didn't he, like. Yeah, it. you distanced yourself in a tweet. But privately, he, he was a huge fan before it came out. Wait, privately, he, I put a tweet that said, "Fantastic Five! Exclamation point question mark. That's distancing myself from it. <laughs> yes. Brian, can you explain what the Fantastic Five is? Uh, it's Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. Which is. Fantastic Five. Which is? Philly starting line. There you go. I was just giving you to some other people It's now. whimsical and silly. I liked it. I'm not saying that they have to put it on t-shirts, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody would. I'm sitting in the Warriors press room. I, I think I was in Oakland. I'm not sure everything's starting to blur together <laughs> at this point in the year. And, Mr. Bontemps, I just want you to know that your tweet was seen by... All of our friends, yeah. and everybody had a reaction to it. And <laughs> as a writer, that's the key. Usually, hey, that's right. You get you get some I kind of reaction from it. Oh I'm, my I gosh! Was, I was going back and forth with Kirk Goldsberry the whole game. We were trying to come up with something. The Fantastic that. Five. I now on on its basis. <laughs> I just I couldn't even I couldn't even handle the nickname. <laughs> like the nickname is what it is. The part right. that got me was. This is arguably <laughs> as good as any starting five in the league. As I'm sitting there watching Steph Curry, Hall of Famer. Kevin Durant, Hall of Famer. Sure. Klay Thompson, Hall of Famer. Sure. Draymond and DeMarcus, potentially Hall of Famer. Isn't it true that the, that, that lineup is like... Well, DeMarcus, settle down with DeMarcus, That's Hall of Famer. Settle down with I, that. There you go. I agree. <laughs> come on, Me and Bob are going to beat you up, Nick, for come that on, comment. Nick. Come on. Wait, wait, wait. DeMarcus Cousins, Hall of Famer? He's on a track. But this is, he stays healthy and keeps putting up these numbers. Free down. That, that's an absurd take. Nick, this is where Bontemps has a point, I think. Bontemps said starting five. And the Warriors starting five, while good, that's not the lineup they close with. That's not their death lineup. That's none of that stuff. So it's also not exactly that, right. and that raises, also, but that raises. We're also different. talking about Demarcus Cousins post Achilles tendon surgery. Right. He's not and, nearly well, the same why, player. Potentially, there was no. There are three Hall of Famers right now on that team for sure. I don't think Tim's trying to suggest that it's the best 
lineup in terms of where they will be considered all time. It's right now this in year. Here and if now. you put five guys on the court at one they time, have five borderline all. They have five guys who are at minimum considered to make the All Star team this year, starting on their team. And, and that's they, all. And they fit perfectly together. And that's all. What well, well, do we know that yet? I'm just saying when you look together? at I look. I'm saying when you look at their games together, like I, the pieces I'm make not, sense. See, I, now, now here here's the the severe difference that you and I have. Okay, you love the way that lineup looks, and okay. I still don't think those pieces fit together the way they need to. I think that. Well, I mean, team, we're only a few games in, so yeah, that well, exactly, and that and that's the whole key. Sure. We're going to find out in the next few months where they land. Uh, but as far as the Warriors, I mean, like. You watch them, and you. I think I I've watched so much bad Bulls basketball <laughs> over the years, and bad Timberwolves basketball. I just remember and, seeing you back in October. And you were walking with a smile Bucks on your face basketball, all the time. right? That I'm sitting there watching the Warriors every night, and I'm going, "Oh my god, <laughs> they really are this. Good. They're really good." Here's what I would say: the Warrior. The, I think Philly starting five is the, better than anybody but Golden State's in the league by a lot because Golden State was way ahead. And I think you, I think you can at least argue, you can argue that, that Philly's in the same ballpark, which, regardless of everything else, I think is a testament to how good well, those what guys are. are. Ju- see, what well, are we but, judging this on? Though? Well, no, because but here, I don't think they are in the same. Well, no, ballpark. but here's what I was going. Okay, but listen, set that aside. The difference is Golden State has Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston, potential and, Hall of Famer Andre Iguodala. <laughs> enough with the potential Hall of Famers. <laughs> we, have, we don't think so. We, they, we don't think he's a, got a chance. I'm just skipping past a, that. They let a lot the of guys into yeah, the Hall of Fame. There you go. Sure, he could make the Hall of Fame. We're just skipping past that. The point is, they have a good bench, and Philly's bench is terrible. And that that's like the massive difference. Like, yeah, their starting fives are really good. I just said I like but the Fantastic other guys are terrible. Five. I like it. What do you want me to? What do you want me to say? <laughs> I like it. That's why we you, know it's getting. You late. played both sides. If you put it, all right. If I put a tweet out with with ex- exclamation points and question marks. That's playing both sides? Yes. I took that to mean, oh my God, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> I, I was like, wow, look at this. This, like, I don't, it's, what is this? Wow, what is this? Wait, can we do it? I have a game to play then. How about we all, t- in the moment, try to come up with a better name? And you, you got, you got to do it now. And I have a bad replacement, but I admit it's bad, but. I haven't thought about it. What so, you got? there used to be the Grit Squad in Memphis. Flyers new mascot, Gritty, Gritty Squad. Boom. What do you got? <laughs> Where's the Flyers mascot when you need him? <laughs> that one. But they're not really, are they Gritty? No, it's just like, it's a Philly <laughs> reference is the Gritty. I mean, Mc, the Mc10 is the Philly guy. Yeah. I, I didn't, the problem, I didn't have a lot of Philly references to go off of, so. Yeah, what, I mean, I give me something. What do you got? All right, we have to wrap in because it's getting too long. This will be a cliffhanger for people um, for later. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Question mark, exclamation mark. (laughs) (laughs) Several. (laughs) I mean, maybe I don't have the proper term. I mean, I just was like, look at this. This is crazy. (laughs) I mean, that is a, that's a, look at this is, look at this is a fair way to look at it. Yeah. Andrew says wrapping it up. And thank you for listening to Hoop Collective Podcast. Andrew, thank you for stirring the pot. Everything was going along just fine, and now you might have to what break do you mean? Everything went fine. as soon as this goes off. Thank you very much. Tim Bontemps, Nick Friedel, Dave McMenamin, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.